0: Welcome to the SoulCraft Your Life Podcast. My name is Carmen Marshall, and I'm a life design and manifestation expert, a seven-figure entrepreneur, wellness educator, and a dance teacher. And I'm passionate about helping you create a magical and fulfilling life. Whether you want to discover your purpose, learn how to attract financial abundance, or create more health, balance, joy, and connection in your life, the SoulCraft Your Life Podcast has got you covered one part strategy and one part soul. Each week we explore both the practical and the spiritual with intriguing experts and fascinating human beings, all sharing their wisdom to help expand what we think is possible for our own lives. The goal? To help you create a life you love on your own terms that stems from your soul. Let's dive in and discover what this life has to offer each of us. Hi, gorgeous souls, welcome to episode six, which is all about deliberately designing your life with transformational coach and facilitator, Juliana Gambrel. I'm so excited to bring you this interview because Juliana was my first and still my favorite life coach of all time. Specifically, she helped me learn to first know and then speak my truth, which hugely impacted my entire life. She also helped in the early years of designing my business, my lifestyle, and my relationship. Prior to coaching at the corporate level and one-on-one for the past 17 years, Juliana was a self-expression and leadership program seminar leader for Landmark Education for 14 years. She's also certified in the Harrison Assessment and Center for Creative Leadership Benchmark 360 Assessment. Her mastery and her skills live in the relational fields. So, self with self, self with life, self with others. Also, her clients can get to the heart of what truly matters in their experience of life. Juliana is extremely gifted in how she empowers her clients, her ability to help you find and use language to reflect your authentic self. I call her a magical wordsmith and the questions, frameworks, and resources that she brings to every coaching session, which you'll get to experience today. There is so much gold in this interview, questions, nudges, tips, aha moments, that I know will help you wherever you are in the journey of crafting your life. Let's dive in. So Juliana, I'm super excited to have you here. I've told our audience a little bit about you, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to just really share what you do in your words and what you focus on that makes you really different as a transformational coach and facilitator. Thank you, Carmen. I'm so super excited to spend this time with you. I refer
1: to myself as a transformational coach and facilitator, but basically I help people connect with the deepest, most genius, brilliant parts of themselves through having a conversation, right? The In the work that I do, it takes two people to understand one person. And essentially, we can't turn around fast enough to see ourselves. So as someone engaging with my clients one-on-one, we go into this deep conversation about why people are the way they are. That's really important. You've got to first understand yourself before you can move from any of the circumstances or situations you might find yourself in. And then when we, we work, we partner together and we work on a deliberate design for how they live their life, right? In encompasses who they are and what they care about, the things they value, how to capitalize on your strengths, understanding and knowing your preferences and tendencies, learning how to identify And express and fulfill on what you need in life. It is this beautiful, delicious journey about being inclusive of yourself in your own experience of life.
0: Mm. And I love the focus you bring to it, even just what you call your company, the whole idea of deliberate living. I think that's just such a beautiful way. And can you talk a little bit more about that specifically and your belief on how powerful what we say? And our choice of words, because I think that's also what makes you so different. Thank you so much.
1: I actually consider that one of my superpowers. Um, words deeply resonate with us, right? Like there's certain articulations that when when people get a word, like a word that I've been entertaining lately is exuberance. And when I really look up and understand what exuberant means, I'm like, yes, yes, that captures the energy and the spirit of what I'm trying to express. And so. As a little kid, I was one of those nerdy kids in elementary school who loved Latin. I loved understanding where language came from. I think growing up in a volatile home where there was uh, you know some there was some toxicity between my mom and my dad and those sorts of things, the power of words really was impressed upon me, and so the the energy of them. And so when you really understand, there are words that are above the line energetically and there are words below the line energetically. So when I looked at what kind of business did I want to be in, it's all about living and loving deliberately. And it's about having freedom. So the the core of deliberate is determined freedom is how I really Mm -hmm. look at it. And so it's something that unleashes your soul into the world. Um, and our words create our world. Uh, I've been a fan of landmark education. I did their programs. I was a landmark seminar leader, self-expression and program leader for a number of years. And they've got a powerful course called the communication course. And in that, they there was a simple phrase, your words create your world. And I think that as a society, we've gotten a little bit lazy about how we talk, how we talk about ourselves, what's happening in that internal narration you have with yourself when you talk to yourself are you saying things that are uplifting you and inspiring and compelling you to be the best version of yourself or are you constantly criticizing and bringing yourself down and nothing's ever good enough we live in conversations we live in a conversation with ourselves, and we live in a conversation with um, others and we live in a conversation that we are about the world around us so if you're not paying attention to what you're saying about yourself, your experience of life, what can or can't be for you, what you will and what you won't do, you're missing out on opportunities to live a full and vibrant life.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think that's, I think coaches in general can really help you see what you can't see yourself. But I've I, i I've always, and I know this is what you love, like the, the choice of words, but it is so your gift because When you have someone who can rephrase what you're saying or help you choose a word that has so much more resonance, it's so empowering. And I I know my work with you helped me rephrase my life, but also even the the words I was choosing for my business. And that was so empowering. And it's it's just a word and it's not just a word.
1: Well, and that, to know that about me, you'd actually have to go back to a very important story about why words matter and and some of the experiences that I had. And if it's okay with you, I'd love to share it because it was, it was a very meaningful moment and it really was the beginning of why I do what I do. But, uh, gosh, 35 years ago when I was 25, I'm going to be 60 on my next birthday. I was living in Southern California. I'd moved there from upstate New York and I was miserable. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. Um, I was trying to fit in, I was trying to find my tribe. I'd been in in Southern California for three years. And on this particular Saturday, I was getting up to go meet my friends to go for a bike ride. And so being sportive, being out in the world and wearing that kind of clothes, I was like, ah, I just couldn't be with myself. So by the time I actually figured out what to wear, I showed up late and they had they left. And I was like I was devastated and I remember viscerally riding back on my bicycle crying and and just having this horrendous conversation with myself. No wonder people don't want to hang out with you and you're just miserable look at you you can't get your stuff together and it was just this very toxic conversation mm. with myself but I heard something. No wonder people don't want to be with you. You don't even want to be with yourself. And the light bulb went on and I was like you're right. I'm going to learn to love to be with myself. And so, relationship to self, you know, karma um, is one of my, like who you are and your relationship to yourself is who you are to everything in your life. So, at that point, synergistically, I came across a book called What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. And that was the beginning. So, I read that book cover to cover really quickly. And I knew in my world, I would never be someone who would be thin. Because I related to myself as someone who was fat, but I could be and begin to step into the possibility of being someone who is fit. Mm -hmm. And so I simply changed an I to an A, an A to an I, sorry, an A to an I. And I started shaping all of my behaviors around what would a fit person do? What would a fit person do? And I lost 40 pounds within three months, which is pretty extraordinary within itself. I've kept it off ever since with the exception of my pregnancy, but gosh, I was carrying a child. (laughs) And so it's those little nuances thing. And because we're so intimate with ourselves, we're so in it, we can't see it. So having a coach, having someone who's a trusted friend, right? Like you, you want to begin to ask people around you, how do you see me? Because wherever there's a incongruence with how others see you and you see yourself is where there's work to do.
0: Hmm. It's, it's. I'm so glad you brought this idea up about identity because it's, it's something that I also tell all of my clients that we have to step into that person that we want to be now. What would you say are some things that can help our listeners do that right now? Because that's often a question too. Well, how do I do that? How do I, if I want to be this, you know, connected partner, or I want to be an amazing, successful entrepreneur, or whatever it is that we want to be, what would you say as a coach are some ways that you can step into that identity?
1: Yeah. This goes back to being the author of your life and taking the pen in your hand. You want to be able to describe in a very visceral and rich way, something that settles and resonates with your soul. So what I mean Mm -hmm. about that, I can't write something down where then the conversation I'm having in my brain is I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I can't see it. So it's got to be something that's believable. It's got to be something that's stated in a positive tense. It's got to be something that is when you speak it, it has heart coherence a resonance to it. That's very compelling. And so then you've got to look at, and this is where looking in the mirror and having a coach and setting up a really great structure because things don't happen accidentally is if I want to be that, what would that kind of person be doing in this moment? So mm-hmm. you begin to really step into behaviors that may be outside of the habitual behaviors that you have. You know, there's this whole other part of we, we each one of us have our own success in survival strategies that we approach life. And sometimes we got to go back and do a 2.0. We got to do a 3.0 or a 4.0 on who we are because you want to be soul bound, not roll bound. Mm -hmm. I think there's a, a card in one of the Oracle cards that says that. But so the simple thing you can do is like, okay, who's that person you want to be? What are the actions that are the expression and the experience of that lived in the world? And what's the one, two, or three things I would do today? If you do mm-hmm. one thing a day that has you living as that person you want to be, that's mm. five things in a week. And now you're starting to validate and you're starting to ingrain that way of being in such a beautiful, natural way.
0: Mm. Yeah. Now, yeah. what would a connected partner do in this moment? That's what right. would a successful so, entrepreneur do in this moment?
1: Right. Mm. I probably wouldn't get upset. I'd probably ask curious mm. questions. I'd probably express what I need. Like so, so much, especially women in business. I think I said this earlier, but about really identifying what do you need? What do you need to have an experience of being a connected entrepreneur with yourself and in the world? Mm -hmm. I'd need to get clear about what my mission and purpose is with my business. I'd need to have partners around me who support me being that person in myself. I might have to hire a business coach to help me understand what does that look like and feel like in my own life instead of trying right. to do everything on our own. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Isn't that so true? And I think the the whole idea of asking yourself those empowering questions rather than why is this happening to me? How do I want it to be and what would I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. It shifts it from the victim into being empowered. And what Absolutely. can I do about this? That's right. Another
1: really powerful, you know, all these little things that add up in someone's life, right? But Dave Ramsey is another person who I followed. And when I was divorced, like the whole story, we're not going to give the whole thing, but I used to run up this hill behind my house and I'd run by this house that was for sale. And I'm like, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't. I never even looked up how much the house was to know whether or not I could or couldn't afford it. And it's asking better questions. So I would tell all of your listeners, like, how can you ask yourself better questions? Tony Robbins talks about it all the time, right? But I was like, well, I wonder if I can afford this house and how could I afford this house? And so the how question is really powerful. I wonder, Mm. I wonder what would this look like if it were all working? So living into and expressing those more open and expansive ways of looking at life, that growth mindset, if you would, I'm sure your listeners have um, heard about that, but how do you continue to tap into that natural curiosity, the natural courage and competencies that you have? Because you wouldn't be compelled to do that thing, right? If it wasn't something that in in your soul's whisper, I know you're all about soul crafting in your soul's whisper that you knew you could achieve it. And it gets, it's on that edge
0: of like, I'm nervous and I'm so excited. Ah. The, the butterflies, like the, the butterfly Absolutely. nervous energy, which is a, a beautiful energy. You know, it can mm-hmm. feel scary, but it's also really exciting. You mentioned something as well. And, and this was, there were so many profound things that happened for me when I worked with you. But one of the biggest was learning to speak my truth. And mm. probably even before that, even figuring out what my truth was. That's right. Can you speak a little bit about that, Um, either or both, but what you feel, why it's so important, and how people can start this journey? Now, for me, it really helped having a coach, but I'd love for our listeners to be able to just start on that journey because it opened up so much for me when I could finally hear my truth and be able to speak it.
1: Yeah, and that that comes from learning how to develop self-trust right we've we've got so many voices talking to us in our own head and should i shouldn't i and for women in particular that we tend to define ourselves externally so we've never really developed the muscle where we're listening to that own internal voice about what it is that i really want because we tend to be too other focused what would make this other person happy what what's the right thing for me to do in relationship to the other and so I don't want people to care less about other people. That's not where we're going with this. I just want you to care as much about yourself as you do about others. And when you do, this is that deep connected journey. It's like, really, if I could have anything, what would I have? What would I really want? What is really there for me to say? What is working in my relationship? If it's an intimate relationship or a business relationship, what isn't working? And then what do I need? So learning how to trust your own wants, needs, and desires. And I'm saying each of those in particular, because we have needs, we have relational needs, we have wants, and we have these desires, which are delicious and yummy and giving ourselves permission. just really sit this is where being silent i mean sometimes i think people keep busy to avoid actually feeling and when you're not feeling your feelings you're not able to deal with what's happening in your internal landscape so yes first you've got to be able to understand what's happening within yourself and then i know this is one of the things i would always hit you over the head with i'm like okay then you're really living out of integrity. If really what's happening and what you want on the inside isn't expressed externally in the world, you're out of integrity with yourself. And as human beings, that is just a ticket to being in numbsville. Like we just numb ourselves out because we don't want to be out of integrity. We don't know how to get out of the pickle we're in. And probably because in the past when we I know for myself, I would speak up and I would express my needs and then my needs would go unmet. Then I expected that magically when I expressed my needs one time that they'd be met. That's not true, people. You've got to how many times? Well, at least one more if your needs aren't getting met. And then you've got to have a deeper conversation about why your needs aren't being met in a relationship. And it's really giving yourself permission to communicate fully and freely. There's who I am. You got to own it. You got to deal with the consequences of wanting what you want and having my needs and like a willingness, but oh my goodness, th- we could do
0: the whole rest of our conversations on I just know. this it, one thing, right? It's <clears throat> such a big thing because even what you mentioned too, when we're not speaking our truth, we numb ourselves, which can result in eating issues or just feeling listless, no passion, no, it, it's, yeah. it's such a thread that affects so many things yeah it's like
1: languishing there was this article that came out about the emptiness that people are feeling it's we're we're made for connection but you can't actually connect to other people if you're not deeply connected to yourself if you're not deeply honoring yourself if if somehow in whatever family system you were born into my parents certainly didn't have it they were married when they were 16 and 18 my mom was Pollyanna and I just rub some dirt on it. I'm like, yeah, no, mom, I don't think that's going to fix this one. Right. So I had to learn the life skills mm-hmm. of actually paying attention to my own needs, what I want, give myself permission to dream. I was born in the sixties and I grew up in a place where, you know, woman's place was very limited in my father's point of view. And so to really look into the world and be able to say, gosh, what am I here on planet earth for? I mean, that's what I love about the work you also do. It's like you help ignite that. And then how do I actually provide that for myself? And if I were living my most fullest and joyous self with power and full self-expression, who would I be being? What would I have in my life? And then what can I do about that? It's not about magic. You're going to have to do Mm -hmm. some work and you're going to have to put in some time. And, you know, but if you don't have a target, It's hard to hit a, hit a target that you can't see.
2: Mm.
1: So really getting clear about what it is that you want and what you're willing to do to get there. Mm. I mean, I just, I have so much passion around this to know me is to know, and this is one of the questions you'd put forth, but a world alive with passion and love, all people living their lives fulfilled. I wake up every day. It's been that way for the last 20 years. I consider it my duty. My obligation and my joy to make sure that I can provide the frameworks and the tools for people to live their best and most fulfilled life. It's not always about a dollar sign, but money helps, Mm -hmm. right? But nobody is stuck in a predicament. Really, you've got to be able to tap into resources. And it goes back to then having a really good understanding of yourself,
0: network of support. I know why it's your passion because I don't think there's anything more important than living our life as fully as we, we can and what we're here to do, like why we incarnated here, what our purpose is. You know, I think that's at the, the root base level of everything of why we're happy or not happy. You know, are we actually fulfilling what we're here to do? And that's, that's what you help other people do. It's interesting that you said 20 years ago, what do you feel? You mentioned one story with the the bike ride, but what do you what do you think really led you to making this your complete vocation?
1: Well, there were a couple things about that. Um, when I was in my early 40s, right, someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, you would be a, you'd be a great seminar leader. And I didn't see myself that way. That's why I'm saying you want to get curious about how other people see you. But I put in the time and the work and I trained myself to lead transformational seminars and the difference that it made, whether it was 30 people, 150 people, I mean, you'd have whatever, but being able to engage people, because I do believe all the answers live within ourselves. And if someone hadn't done it for me, and I've I've done a lot of different courses and I've done a lot of different work and read books and had my own coaches. And so... But once you have that, and once you understand, you can provide it to other people. Mm -hmm. And so having a taste of that and dealing, I was the person who would go and throw up before I'd have to go and leave because I was so nervous and I was a wreck. But when I realized as a small child, all of it, all I ever wanted was for people to have happiness and joy and fulfillment. And when I started matching up my behaviors and then what I was doing. So I did that with landmark for a number of years. And when I got divorced and was a, a single mom with my infant child, I had to earn money and I'm like, well, what is the one thing I love to do and what am I good at? And I just love helping people. I'm like, hi, I'm Juliana. I'm a helpaholic and I had to put that girl on a leash. Right. But I just love it. I mean, what, why not? So That was basically the impetus of it, and I just I love the work I get to do. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure you all can hear it in my voice. Um, I think not. I don't work for everybody. I'm organic, and I'm all that. But there are so many really wonderful people out there, you Mm -hmm. included, right? Like find someone. There's so many courses and different things available. Do something. Don't you're not Mm -hmm. stuck doing this on your
0: own. Um. Yeah and then the from being a facilitator for large groups and then going into cuz you you've had quite a journey where you did more one-on-one coaching oh my gosh. absolutely work with corporations what tell us a little bit about that especially i think for any aspiring coach i think it's really interesting to hear that journey yeah so that transition from uh being a volunteer with
1: landmark and leading programs to being a paid coach was really interesting for me right so i did um I signed into a certification program. I did well. The first thing, let's back this up. The first thing I did is I hired a coach because my life was a mess when I was getting divorced, and even though I wanted my divorce, I was a hot mess. And so I was doing therapy and coaching at the same time because I knew I didn't want my um, energy to get all over my infant daughter. Uh, but the while the therapy helped a bit, the coaching was transformational. I think mm-hmm. partly was the background, but just also having someone who held me accountable to doing the things I needed to do to get my life moving in the right direction.
0: Hi, lovely soul. It's Carmen here, and I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about my brand new free manifesting guide. So do you feel a little stuck when it comes to manifesting? Maybe you've been dabbling in this world of manifestation, but it's just not flowing. Or maybe you're just an inch away from your dreams, but you can't seem to break through. Or perhaps you're brand new to manifestation and you're 100% ready to tap into your superpowers, but you're not quite sure how to get started. You are not alone. We all have our moments of doubt. And here's the truth. We all encounter a few sneaky reasons that can slow us down. And so I've just created a brand new guide and it's called the seven sneaky reasons you're not manifesting. And more importantly, what you can do about them. I talk about common manifestation hiccups, practical steps to reawaken your manifestation mojo and start turning your dreams into reality now. So to get you started or back into your manifestation flow, go to CarmenMarshall.com forward slash seven, like the number sneaky S N E A K Y. So again, forward slash seven sneaky, and I'll put it in the show notes too. Drop in your email, and I'll send you the free guide straight to your inbox. Okay, let's get back to the podcast.
1: So I fell in love with the coaching process through being coached. And so then I put in the time, the energy, the effort to become a coach. So I got trained in frameworks. And the interesting thing about it, like... Gosh, I did it back in the day before everybody was a coach and now almost anybody's the coach. And I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. I, I love it. And I'm all for let's go coaches, right? I do think we all have that because what I'll say about that is that we're 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 energetic beings and our energy reson- resonates with different people. And so... You know, it's such a, it's such a gift. So if if any of the listeners are interested in being a coach, you've got to first do your own work. The thing that makes me the craziest is when I bump into a coach and I can sense that they didn't do their own deep work. And there's different kinds of coaches. There's productivity coaches and all that sort of stuff. But if you're going to be a transformational coach, you got to transform yourself and be walking your talk. So I did my coach training and that was awesome. I loved it. That's where I met you. Actually, is through through doing my coach training with a different group, and then I I left that because I felt like it there was some limitations there, and I didn't feel like I had the freedom to really serve my clients in a way where I was I was restricted to using only one set of of approach frameworks. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, frameworks, and um, and it was really important to me that. Not only the people who could afford $500 for a coach could work with me, I wanted to be someone who could provide resources to hundreds and thousands of people. And so, wherever you are in the spectrum, I wanted to be able to make sure that folks, there's like I said, great books and great programs, and I'm happy to share more about those things. But that was my journey, and I remember when I first started doing it, like having in-person sessions in my living room and having conversations and trying to enroll people into this possibility of inventing their lives. And, and then it was just like little by little, you grow and you grow and you you, you live the work. That would be my most punctuated thing. You have to live the work if you're going to coach. And I consider yeah. myself someone who lives my work.
0: Yeah. I think there's, it's so glad you brought that up because I re- I love what you said that when you were a coach, you or when you were training to be a coach, you also realized you didn't want to have that energy from the divorce or things that you needed to shift, move on to your daughter. And I remember when I hired you, it was actually when I had gotten divorced and I knew in any breakup, it's both people's. Oh yeah. No one is in (laughs) bystanders. Exactly. And I didn't want to repeat that for my next relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why coach... Hiring coaches just really helps you do the work, especially if there's something that you want to really change in your experience. So that's why I think, because again, we can't see all of that. You know, there was a reason why I broke up with my husband, my previous husband, and I knew I need to shift something if I wanted the next relationship to work better. And I wasn't going to be able to see all of that. The other thing I think is really interesting for aspiring coaches, yes, to do the work yourself. But also how I found you was by Googling different people and researching like who they were trained with. So I wanted to see that they were trained by, you know, not just, you know, had put up a sign saying I'm a coach. <laughs> exactly. Because you ha- you want a coach that, you know, like a personal trainer, you want a personal trainer that's fit. You want a coach that's done the work. But what was interesting, reading your bio, I knew you were the one for me because you really you put yourself out there, what you are about. And so I, I picked up what you said that you have to show your heart and how, what you believe in, because that's how someone will find the right coach as well. And what you said, I was like, that's the coach for me. Little did I know, because I lived, I had just moved to Laguna, you lived down the road. I didn't even know that. (laughs) That's right. So I think it's, it's so important, whatever we do, that we need to do the work so we can be the very best for our clients, but also to really put ourselves out there of who we are because the right person will find us, and that's how I found you
1: yes yeah. and and that and that's that magnetic energy about mm-hmm. who we are and how we connect with others is that i you know. Trust yourself. Like if 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 that's something you want to do, find the right training because there's so many different platforms now that you can go and get your training with, and I think that's awesome. Um, and and you're going to bring yourself to it. I think the other thing about coaching is you is you just have to authentically own the process, and that's why doing the work. What that means is you're literally applying the process and understanding how it works in a very intimate way. Mm-hmm. And the fun thing that I have found in my now nearly 60 years on planet earth is I love inventing. If I can't find something that meets my client's needs or articulates or express specifically what I want, I always go and I look to see what, what already exists. I don't want to reinvent the wheel, but giving myself the freedom to invent things that are incredibly powerful and compelling. That's just been so much fun to see where the gaps are because that, mm. that is the genius and the gift that people have. Like, you, you, Carmen, only have the experiences you've had. And so from there, we begin to understand and articulate and create structures and pathways for growth
0: and success. And that's where the magic lives. Mm. Can you share now you've, you've used different frameworks, obviously frameworks that you worked with way back in the day, but you've actually developed your own frameworks more recently and a few of them. What would you say you're most passionate about in terms of the framework you're working with right now?
1: Well, um, so deliberate living, that's like my website if I ever get it up and running, but that's my, my tagline, if you would. So you were born to live a deliberate life. And I really do believe that. And that's something that really resonates. So I think people will be called to deliberately owning your experience is something that I play with is in one of my frameworks. And I'm happy to share that here today because they amplify your capacity to liberate yourself in your life. So first you have to really be willing to observe. Like you have to see and sense into the way things are. And then from there, you can begin to wonder, right? You can wonder like, I wonder, am I happy? if i'm not happy what am i going to do about it right and then that's where you begin to narrate right you're you're in touch with your reality you're wondering about what it is that you desire and then you put pen to paper and you begin to to create the narrative of how you want to live your life and then comes the fun part that's the integration you really have to integrate and then you nurture you nurture that those dreams those wants mm-hmm. those desires those needs And then you give because it's in the giving of all of who you are and born to be is where life just really takes off. And there's this beautiful, harmonious, lovely, delicious, happy uh, experience of life. Like if someone had told me you could have that, I'd tell them they were crazy given the childhood I grew up with. I thought, man, you know, life is hard and you have to struggle and then you hope you're have moments of happiness, but to really be able to generate day in and day out happiness through owning your own experience of life is incredibly powerful.
0: Mm, yeah, and you've got the the acronym own, owning your experience. Yeah, I just love observe, wonder, narrate, integrate, nurture, give. Just beautiful. And we see so much in society today is it's so much lack of responsibility versus when you shift it to like, I am responsible for my life. No Mm. one's going to come to save me. It's so empowering.
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm. And there's so many others that I would just love to share. Maybe not, we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the other ones, but it's like, it's skill building. Here's the other thing I would tell your listeners is that you've got, A lot of things in your areas of what you want, you may be missing some skills. Mm -hmm. And so when you know where you want to go and you've got a certain set of skills, that skill building becomes really important, right? You've got your values and who you are, but gosh, there's so many things like in communication. I'm just going to use that one as an example because it's so important to our day-to-day life, right? Right. If you don't work on your communication style and you understand the fundamentals of communication, whatever the family blueprint was and wherever you left off in your capabilities and capacity to communicate in high school or middle school and high school, that's it. That's your blueprint for communicating. There's Mm -hmm. so many wonderful like if you don't like to have difficult conversations, read the book, Thanks for the Feedback. It's awesome about, you know, how do you actually give and receive feedback and all of those things. So in any area of your life where you're thinking, ah, I don't know, what's the skill mm-hmm. that would help you step into your courage and power in that area of your life? Mm.
0: And you mentioned as well. Realizing that we often have to practice that. So, a we may need someone to teach us to have that skill, but then we have to practice it, and not worry that oh, it didn't work that one time when I spoke my needs. (laughs) It's learning that yeah, it's it's not a one-time deal. You know, it's the same thing as we don't shower just once and we're good for a whole life. You know, we don't work out once and we're good for a whole life. We have to continue to perfect.
1: It's it's building those muscles, and I love that you're slowing down and really talking about that. Right? It it's that a willingness to be resolute in how it is you want to be in life and noticing like, oh my gosh, if, if something you're doing's not working and you've looked at everything that you know, see, can do, that's where having that support system, having a coach, mm-hmm. having someone help you see and tap into something that may be just on the edge of your vision mm-hmm. that, that will really help you.
0: So as a coach, what do you do to self-coach yourself? So I've known you throughout the years and different things that you send me that you're doing, but I'd love for you to share how you self-coach when you have days that you don't feel like it's the best day. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, um, well, the
1: one thing that I've done religiously for the last 10, probably 15 years is I deliberately designed my year. And so it comes from the key areas of my life and how I want to experience every part, starting with my relationship to myself. And then I just every year create a dynamic year and it's all the intentions and how I want to experience life. It's very Danielle Laporte. She talks about how you want to feel. So I do that and I read it every day. I read it every day. I have things on my desk that I, nobody can see these things, but I've got my intentions in front of me. I've got quotes in front of me. I've got, there's a great app. It's called the I am app. And I get notifications on that. And it is awesome. So when I'm having a moment, if I'm having one of those moments, everybody out there who's listening with someone and you're like, oh my goodness, I just flipped through about 10 or 20 am's just to kind of recenter myself. Because I remember that it's all made up who we are, our stories, right? Like, yes, there are things this is really happening. And there's been some terrible things happening in the world. But my response and my capacity to be who I am, because I said so. My experience lives in my capability to actually be and direct myself towards that person I want to be because I said so. Mm. And then I have my pep talk app, and I've got my puppy love and i you know surrounding yourself with things that nourish um appreciating yourself, looking in the mirror. I mean Mel Robbins just wrote the high five habit. I'm just trying to throw a bunch of resources out to mm. your listeners well, what as we're talking, mm. yeah, you know, but it's like. When you look in the mirror, do you like send love to yourself and appreciation? I, you know, like when you wake up in the morning, do you say hello, gorgeous? Or it's like, oh, there you are again. Mm -hmm. Like, how are you being in the day-to-day living of your life? And, you know, being kind. I think, you Mm -hmm. know, Ellen DeGeneres is probably known for the whole kind thing, but can you be kind to yourself? Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's some things in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So many juicy. I want to just slow down for this part, because I, I think it's really important for our listeners to know that even if this is your work, like even if you're around this all day, we still have to do the practices of, okay, what is our yearly statement? What are we reading for intention? What What is on our phone for like the I am statements? Again, it's, we can often think, well, once you reach a certain level, you don't need that anymore. And it's couldn't be further from the truth. We have to continually put good things into our mind because there's so much crap out there, either from society or even our self-talk. So it's, I think, really important we don't, it, in, in some ways it does get a bit easier, but we still, no matter how old we are, still have to be putting good stuff into ourselves.
1: Garbage in, garbage out, good stuff mm-hmm. in, good stuff out. And I just think that's where it comes to having, what are those practices? Mm-hmm. Do you know what you need? to have to set yourself up for a great day, right? Like what are the things that you're doing to um, Lisa Nichols says is pour from the saucer. So, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup and she's all about, can you pour from the saucer? Can you be so overflowing with the way you love and care and tend to yourself and that you stay fortified and you tap into your resilience and you've got all those things working for you because you're nurturing yourself. and it it, you know I wake up some days and I'm crabby I got my cranky pants on and I'm like okay girl and (laughs) and that's where that's where the give the give part comes in right because the research is very clear right if you're having a bad day you know do something kind for yourself or do something kind for another it will get you grounded back into that wholeness of who you are and you know It's like the butterfly. You talked about having the butterflies, but the whole the transformation of the butterfly, right? Like to break out of that chrysalis. If 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 you don't break out of your own self-limiting beliefs, your their negative narrations or limited, you know, the constraints that you might be putting on yourself, you've got to break through those. So for you gotta be able to see and know where those tension points are. And if I if someone else pulls it off for you and makes it easy for you. Like in the butterfly case, the the butterfly emerges with floppy wings. You want to be able to take flight. You want to know you can trust yourself and your own experience of life. And so when you take on those little challenges or you're having a crappy day and you you practice what it is that you may be coaching or teaching or doing for other people, and you just, you double down on, Hey, this really works. Like I'm able to restore Mm -hmm. myself to my wholeness. And I think at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, Carmen, that's what we really care about. when we get fractured from really being deeply connected to the miracle, the miracle that each one of us is and what we have to bring. And it's not all going to be rainbows and unicorns and all of that is that it, it takes being present. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love how you said that it also is unique for everyone. We, we each have to figure out what sources, what grounds us. And it can change as well like your morning practice might work for you for 2 years and all of a sudden you're not feeling sourced and so that's a good great time to ask okay well what will make me feel more sourced now 2 years later
1: yes and that's where that annual check-in like you're not on autopilot you're actually giving yourself a review and it doesn't whatever it is could be on your birthday could be at the end of the year whatever makes you happy but if you're not really taking some time to self-reflect and check in and like, how am I doing? How am I feeling? Right? Like, are my finances great? How's my energy? Like the number one um, indicator of someone who's flourishing in life is do you have zest? Do you have energy? When you go to bed at night? Are you inspired tired? Or are you tired, tired? Right? Mm-hmm. And, and what game are you playing? Um And it does change over time. When I was a 40-year-old woman, and now I'm nearly a 60-year-old woman, it takes a little more, and I have to be a little more gentle with myself. And being okay with it, it's going to change over time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember I used to love getting up and exercising at 6 a.m. And for the past five years, there's no way (laughs) that I'm running at 6 a.m. And being okay with that, because as we get older, our bodies change, and we're sourced and nurtured in a different way. And that that's that, that in tune being in
1: tune with yourself and really knowing and, and it's blowing up some of those archaic structures that no longer serve you. Mm. Because if I'm gonna keep imposing on myself something that worked from the past, but I'm not really present to my own experience and in, in my lived experience mm. and then what makes me feel radiant and happy and energized, I actually like working out at the end of the day as a way to transition from what I'm doing to kind of have some self-centering time and then enjoy my evening with my loved one.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the question can be like, you know, what, is this still serving me? Is this still, do I still feel my best with this ritual or this practice? And if not, what would make me feel better? And I love that. I mean, that's such a great option. Well, how about exercising as a transition from afternoon to evening? Uh, And the beautiful thing is we get to create this continually. You know, this is where life is not boring. We can be curious. We can ask great questions. Yeah, I think
1: really being attuned to what is your best style. I've got some friends and actually my partner is one of those late night people. He just loves it. But I am like, go to bed at 10, get up at 6. Like that really works for me. And having those rituals and those things you do to really set yourself up for your day I think that I would also tell your listeners that what I find with the hundreds of clients that I've been working with is that, do you take time to reset and refocus throughout your day? You know, sometimes, you know, I, most, a lot of my clients are not scheduling sufficient time for themselves, but also they're not making time for things that are unexpected and unplanned that naturally come up in the day-to-day living of life. And so yeah, that's an art. That's probably another podcast we could talk about. How do you deliberately design your day in a way
0: that gives you flourishing? But yeah, it's out there. With that, are there any really good questions that you think or you love getting people to ask themselves that can help pull out what would help them live a more deliberate life? Yeah, I, I there's
1: five open-ended sentences that I like people to grapple with and the first one is who I am is and what I find a lot of people will write their roles instead of like who they are in the glory and beauty of their soul right like powerful dynamic curious confident courageous who I am is and then the next bigger question is what I'm up to And what I'm up to, like people will put, oh, growth and development, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's not very inspiring, but really, what are you up to in the world? Like when I, when you understand who you are and then how you're going to use that to actually impact positive change in the world, it's very igniting for your soul. So what I'm up to, and when you, when you land that, that is something that you start truing yourself up to in the integrity. What, what I, what you can count on me for. So this is another way of being known in the world, but it's really an expression that you have with other people. So what can other people count on you for being reliable, being dependable, uh, being truthful, uh, showing up on time, finishing, you know, communicating if I'm not going to get that thing done. So what, what can others count on? What are you working on? I think it's always fair. Like I'm always working on something. And then the last one is the, the needs question. What do, you, what do I need? And those would be those five questions that I have almost every one of my clients answer because it's a good baseline. And it tells me where they are in their growth
0: curve. That was so powerful. I'm going to go back and actually journal about each of those five questions. <laughs> I love it. So what are you working on?
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, um, this year has been my year to really make my business a business. And I know that may sound silly, but I've been doing this kind of work for 20 years and being paid really beautifully for it. But I, I don't have the sufficient structures I mentioned earlier, not having a website. So I hired a business coach. And so what I'm currently working on is, is how do I capitalize on getting more of what I have to offer out there? And so, so much of my work has been one-on-one or or working in a corporate setting or having people find me, it's becoming more visible.
0: Mm, Beautiful, beautiful. And I think that's so good for people to hear too, like you're an amazing coach that has helped so many people. And so for people to hear that you need to work on getting your word out and getting a website, I think that's so empowering because we're all at different places. And if anyone's listening and you're in the same place.
1: (laughs) Well, you It'd can be, be incredi- and you can be incredibly successful without that, without, right? Exactly. Like you, you, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not that you have to have that. It's just that the, um, knowing that I'm starting to bump up against my time on planet earth. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to get more of what it is. I want people to have,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like I really, it, it breaks my heart how people have been treating each other of late and how divisive mm-hmm. all these things are. but Man, when we can be connected to ourselves and being up to who we are and making it readily
0: available in the world, mm-hmm. imagine that world. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so important. I I think in the past two years with everyone feeling so disconnected, when when we don't feel connected to ourselves, that has you know how we interact with others, so much division, so much unkindness as well. But if we can go back and get reconnected to ourselves, we feel so much more loving to everyone else as well. So it always goes back to the inner work. Yep. And I, that is, um,
1: I believe we have an inclusivity issue. I think that people aren't being, including themselves in their own experience of life. And therefore they're taking that out on other people because they're not getting what they need per se, but it's really about being more Mm self-inclusive.
0: Yeah. Inner and outer world, eh? Ah,
2: Um,
1: Yes.
0: So can you talk about, so you have something else you're working on. And I am so excited for this too, but you've got a woman in wilderness program coming out. So can you share about that?
1: Yeah, this is a love child of mine. Back in my forties, I was like, ah, I want to do women's retreats. And then I got caught up in divorced and needing to earn a living otherwise, but women in wilderness, it really is. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to do an in-person retreat somewhere gorgeous and beautiful, um, that's going to be that one lived version, but it's a place for women to gather to nurture ourselves physically, heal ourselves emotionally and grow ourselves spiritually. Mm -hmm. So that's like my dream. I'm hoping that that's my 60th birthday present to myself is to have that retreat. It will happen and I will keep you posted about when that's going to be. But the other thing is, is my um, starting a group program towards the end of the year, and it's called Wild Women. It's Women in Life Deliberately. And it's a way to connect women who are on this journey to really sort out and get clear about who they are and what they're up to, and to really return them to their feminine essence, their sacred center, that mm. they're, they're living a magical and full life.
0: Beautiful. This is beautiful. I'm super excited for that. Obviously, both of those offerings. Um, as we kind of wrap this up, and we're going to bring you back and delve into each of these topics deeper because each of them just deserve a whole podcast. But number one, what are some of your current favorite books? Because one thing I know you are continually learning. You're always giving me the best resources. What are some of your favorite ones currently? And if you want to include any books that you feel just people should read no matter what, feel free to. Oh my goodness, there's so many good ones.
1: Um Well, what to say when you talk to yourself, I know I talked about that one earlier, but that was something that really, it talks about the five different levels of self-talk and it's really, it's an older book, but it's, it's worthwhile. Um, I loved reading uh, Martha Beck's The Way of Integrity, Finding the Path to Your True Self. And she talks about Dante's journey and how we split off and fracture from our wholeness. And has a whole different spin on what it is to live with integrity. Um, I've got White Hot Truth back here from Danielle Laporte. I just love her. Um, She's just so challenges us to really go deep into our feeling state and to kind of throw off any of the shackles that are imposed on us by the world around us. And I love that. Um, Gosh, Untamed with Glennon Doyle. There's so many great books out there. Um, Brene Brown, you know, her body of work for anyone who's really new on this journey, the gifts of imperfection. If you know yourself to be someone who's a perfectionist, that's just a great way to begin to unravel your, your perfectionistic tendencies, so you can find access to more self love. I'm a I am I love books Carmen I could probably you go on, do. And on for you hours do. and hours. One one of my one of one of the ones is very sacred to me. I actually have a piece of jewelry that that um is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And um yeah. But I I would tell your listeners that there's so many you I always when I'm looking at a book, I go and I look at the table of contents and I'm like Does this is speak to me. I'll listen to the audio, audio, audible recording. Um, Oh my goodness. You're making me think of so many
0: different books Mm. that the power of now
1: with Eckhart Tolle. Oh my goodness.
0: We'll put these all in the show (laughs) notes, but I know you always have the best recommendations. So it's absolutely wonderful. And final question. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share with the listeners?
1: Mm. So great. I actually I thought about this earlier and then um I think the thing I would just say that I think is fundamental when I start working with anyone and and it goes back to the self trust, right? Like how do you build relationships and you build relationships cuz trust is the foundation of relationships and we build trust through truth. And so when it comes to trust and truth and who you are and how you are in the world is You know, are you someone who gives trust freely? or Are you someone with whom people have to earn trust and to know that about yourself and to begin to bring that into your relationships? I think it's really powerful because if I give trust freely and I do, but I'm working with someone with whom I have to earn trust, it could be in a relationship or anything else. It's not going to feel quite right. Um, And so that brings me to the other one. Do you trust yourself to speak your truth, to go back to what you asked me earlier? And that is really a big question we have to ask ourselves. Like, do you know your truth? And can you speak your truth? And can you trust your truth being expressed in the world?
0: Mm. Beautiful. I just want to give some space to that. All such important stuff that really gets under what's really running the show. So thank you juliana just for bringing all of you to this we're definitely going to bring you back and go deeper um thank you for everything everything i'll put into the show notes and to our listeners enjoy this podcast give us lots of comments lots of questions and we'll bring juliana back for some deeper stuff again thank you juliana thank you carmen thank you so much for listening And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd absolutely love if you left a review on iTunes. It really helps me to get the podcast out there to support more people just like you to create soulful lives. And as a thank you, I'd love to send you my 20 personal affirmations for manifesting an aligned, magical, and fulfilling life. To access this freebie, simply send a screenshot of your review to soulcraft at carmenmarshall.com and I'll send you my favorite affirmations and mantras straight to your inbox. All my love and I'll see you on the next episode.